Welcome to Your Financial Advocate with Greg DuPont from DuPont Wealth Solutions. As a practicing advisor and attorney, Greg teaches pre-retirees how to reduce debt and taxes and save with less risk so they have more spendable income and plan their way to a better life. Join us for this journey where Greg draws on years of experience and guest experts to help listeners achieve more spendable income for retirement. Hello and welcome to Your Financial Advocate with Greg DuPont of DuPont Wealth Solutions. Greg, good to be back with you. How are you? I am doing fantastic, Eric. I'm going to talk about something really interesting today. Again? With it. Again? Yeah. So, yeah. so here's, so audience, here's the deal. John, by the way, I'm not ignoring you. I'll be with you in a minute. Greg and John talked about NFTs and Bitcoin and Dogecoin. Doji, have we figured that out yet? You say tomato, I say tomato. <laughs> okay tomato coins. Um, yeah. So they talked about this on the last podcast and it was fascinating. So go back and listen to that one. John, I'm so glad you're back today because Greg is, he's this powerhouse of knowledge and he keeps asking you most of the questions. So that tells me you're kind of taking over that role of powerhouse. I like that. Well, I, I do my best. I think I have a little bit different perspective, but as always, you know, nothing in a vacuum, right? We talk yeah. about a lot of investments and we're not making recommendations on any investment. We're given ideas, but it really begins with the initial consultation. And that's really where, where we rely heavily on Greg because mm -hmm. he's, he's the man, yes. right? I got a couple of ideas, but we need him. All right. Speaking no, of the man, Greg, it's all, it's all about having a good team. It's all yeah. about having a good team. Thanks. Uh, you know, the, the interesting thing with our business, our world, our model, the, the team that uh, John and I are putting together, you know, we can look at the meta strategies, uh, the big picture, the tax perspective on mm -hmm. things, the way all the pieces of the puzzle fit together. Uh, and then, you know, one of John's particular expertise areas is, you know, when we get to the actual uh, investing level, what are the actual right things to be putting things, uh, the money in, you know, whether it's the the particular selection of annuities or the uh, the the strategy for the investment uh, i did find my limitation as i built this thing out that i'm not uh, the world's best stock picture uh, uh, did i say picture i'm not ah, sure uh, yeah so yeah, you know what i'm saying yeah uh, but but uh, john helps round out that team by bringing in some expertise that i didn't have so we were no man is is an island and that's the the great thing about what we're doing here so, so what are we talking about today? Or what are you talking about? Yeah, from the big picture. And then we're, we're going to go back a little bit because, you know, so far this this season, we have uh, been focusing a lot on you know, almost our back to basic series that we had last year. But what we haven't talked about much uh, is um, the person. Hmm. And, um, you know, I was recently on, on vacation. I spent uh, a wonderful week on a cruise ship in the middle of the Caribbean. And, uh, you know, like uh, most people on that cruise ship, I spent my time reading uh, highly detailed technical books, right? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm sure that was going around. <laughs> I did not see many other people doing it. But I had the opportunity right before I left to pick up the latest book by Tony Robbins in Peter Diamandis mm. uh, called Life Force. Uh, and we're going to talk a lot about that today because what that book does, and it's 800 odd pages, is outline some of the new technologies uh, that are right on the horizon with yeah. regard to healthcare. 
And this is very important to our listeners because we are going to see the potential for what I've said for years about myself that I'm going to live to a hundred uh, mm-hmm. to, to that being dwarfed. And with some of these changes that are right on the horizon, it's going to change the game for people that are in retirement, nearing retirement. It's going to change the game tremendously for us as a species. Wow. So right. that's I'm what we're going to talk about. To it. Yeah. All right. I'll let you guys get to it. <laughs> All right. So, um, and John, uh, you know, as always, uh, we're, we're not going to be making any specific recommendations as to anything, but, um, what I'm, I do want to talk about, uh, biotech and where it's heading. And first I, I want to go ahead and have you kind of give some of the historical perspective on, on biotech, just a few minutes, you know, that it's always been sitting there touted as the next great thing. Uh, so I want to have you give a little bit of historical perspective that way, and then I'm going to move into kind of what the future looks like. And we're going to talk about, you know, the impact that's going to have on our clients and maybe some opportunities that are out there. So John, if you would um, just kind of uh, the, the idea of investing in a biotech company or even healthcare, you know, for the last decade or so, you know, what, what are your thoughts on that to kind of give us some perspective on this? Uh, Well, that's a great question. So, you know, I'm going to start off with just, you know, let's talk about what it is right? Some of the biotech or technology today that we use in everyday life almost feels old, whether it's medications like heart medication, insulin for diabetes, or, you know, even chemotherapy for uh, cancer or, you know, uh, antibiotics, you know, it went healthcare, the technology went through this progression, right? Whereas is very tangible. It was a medication derived from a plant or, you know, something that's taken uh, from it builds upon itself. And so today, biotech really is almost science fiction in the way it looks. You have a company like CRISPR that is identifying what segment of the DNA can be turned on or off to affect outcomes for medical patients. Um, We just recently, actually, you've probably seen it in the news, we've just now completed the entire human genome sequence. We started working on that, what, 20 years ago? And I say we, as in science, started working on that 20 years ago. They just now finished it. So from an investment point of view, we are actually pretty early still on some of the more science fictiony things that can come out of biotech. And, and biotechnology, by the way, is a segment of healthcare overall. If I say healthcare, I mean everything from doctors, hospitals, medications, to you know, nursing facilities. It's the broad, broad definition of healthcare. Biotech is a subset of healthcare. So if we were to invest in a, let's say a healthcare ETF, it may incorporate a small piece of biotech, but if you wanted to get more specific, there are biotechnology ETFs that exist that allow us to have more exposure. And, um, and so that's, that's a little bit of 
what what we're talking about when we say healthcare or biotechnology. So, as you mentioned, uh, there has been the the historical perspective of of medicine and healthcare, uh, and you know, it's it's the pharmaceuticals, it's the knives, it's the advances in uh, surgical care, it's, it's all of those type of advances. And and here's a, a mind blowing uh, statistic, uh, because what's happening now with medicine is Moore's law that applies to the uh, semiconductor religiously, historically. Uh, it's now we are getting to this point where there is a confluence, or, or as Ray Kurzweil says, the singularity, uh, as these technologies go together and, and go towards um, the computing power of AI and all that. But this is what's mind boggling. I'm reading from, again, from the book, uh, Life Force. In 2017, Harvard Medical School reported that the half-life of medical knowledge was 18 to 24 months and predicted it was headed for 73 days by the time you're reading this book. What does this mean? It means that over half of all doctor learned in the school, all the doctor learned in the school is no longer applicable within 18 to 24 months. That is a mind-boggling change in healthcare. The mm -hmm. system's got a long way to go to, re to respond to that. But uh, as you mentioned, CRISPR and T cells, those kind of things that are out there and some of the things that they're doing, it is going to add to our human longevity. Uh, absolutely. I don't think people realize that reaching 110 is possibly going to be the norm in the next 20 to 30 years. Uh, additionally, you know, as a planner, Greg, you got a plan for probably 110 to 120. It's just the reality that we live in there. It is likely that people will have more time in retirement than they did in working. And it's all because of the technology that's coming down the pipeline. I want to add one more thing. You touched on AI, artificial intelligence. There, there's a couple of different types of AI too. There's the ability for the computer to learn the ability for the computer to teach itself. And then there's the ability for computer to do trial by error on its own, more autonomy. Now I'm being over general here, but the reality is that now that you mentioned the confluence of all these technologies coming together, they're about to look like a couple of shoots of water in a, in a fountain coming together to create a giant burst up. And so you're getting all of these technologies from AI to CRISPR to our understanding of medical technology. It is so, it's getting cheaper, faster, and better by the day. You're exactly right. And at the core, as you mentioned, uh, the, the Human Genome Project, right, in, in, in the, the 20 odd years to, to get to the final point on it, uh, and millions and millions of dollars, which now you can get access to that for thousands of dollars. It's, it is the same thing that we saw with computers. We're now moving to essentially the, the, the microbiology of it, the cellular no knowledge that they are now developing uh, and how to program the body. Uh, and with AI being able to run 
you know, simultaneously gazillions of simulations to figure things out. And folks, this is why we are able to come up with the, uh, the, the vaccines in such a record-breaking period of time. That is an example of what is happening in the medical research world. And one of the things that people don't yet appreciate or know uh, is, you know, the trillions of dollars that were thrown into medical research for the purpose of figuring out a vaccine and otherwise treating COVID. So many other breakthroughs have come along as a result of that, that because of the, this pace of change uh, are going to hit the marketplace within the next handful of years. And, and some of the stuff that's already being done with, with stem cells and the mRNA and all those kind of things, it's mind-boggling. And I'll add, not just that, Greg, is not just the time it takes to develop, but the manufacturing process has gotten so much faster and cheaper. You know, it used to be that if you want to make penicillin, you, you had to scrape it out of a Petri dish and put it in a pill, right? That was very labor-intensive and time-intensive. Now, some of the treatments are, are just unbelievably fast and cheap. Um, not fast and cheap to develop necessarily, but certainly to deliver to the public. Well, one of the keys that, uh, that this book continues to come back to is how much the body itself is an incredibly powerful chemical producing uh, factory. Uh, and being able to target the right cells in the right way, the body has regenerative capacity. And this is what they are now starting to not only have identified, but now they're able to identify specific cells and specific effects that they can make on those cells to trigger responses, healing responses that the body generates. So we're not looking through the, the backwoods of the Amazon, finding something that if you do it the wrong way, it's going to kill you. But if you do it the right way, it might cure your headache. Okay. Uh, it's a fundamental change uh, in the way that we are going to be treating ourselves medically going forward. That is so funny that you mentioned that with the, with the pulling chemicals out of the Amazon, because you're exactly right. Do you remember, this was probably back in the eighties. So remember when they were saying, you know, don't burn down the rainforest, 80%, 90% of our drugs come from the rainforest. That was yeah. kind of their, their thing of like, save the rainforest. I haven't heard any of that lately. Uh, but it, it, what we're seeing is you're absolutely right. A lot of this is getting down to the specific type of disease. Could you imagine one day, you know, all of a sudden a cure for type two, type one diabetes or for certain types of cancers? They're, they're getting there quickly and they're pouring a ton of money in it, into it. And these biotech firms are going to benefit. Let me, uh, let me read from the book again to, to share some of these type of examples with our listeners. So at Stanford, researchers were startled when seven stroke victims showed dramatic improvement in motor function after having stem cells injected directly into their brains. Even more amazing, all of them were treated more than six months after their strokes to the point where damage is usually considered permanent. 
a 71-year-old wheelchair-bound man could suddenly walk again. In another case, more than two years post-stroke, a 39-year-old woman improved so much that she regained the confidence to marry her boyfriend and got pregnant. Now, miracle? No, that's now science, folks. Another one. After his car fishtailed into a telephone pole, 20-year-old Chris Bozen was paralyzed from the neck down. Chris had what they call a chronic incomplete spinal cord injury, a total loss of both sensation and muscle function. Then he entered a long, st- long shot stem cell trial at the neuro, the neuro Restoration Center at the University of Southern California. Within two weeks, Chris had regained feeling and strength in his arms and legs. After three months, he was wearing out his smartphone, feeding himself breakfast, hugging his parents, and even working out with weights. Amazing stuff is going on right now, folks. So if you don't do something stupid, like jump out of an airplane without a pack shoot the right way, you know, the probability that you are going to live well beyond your wildest dreams. If you have a decent diet, right? You know, I'm not the world's best at that, but if you moderate exercise, you diet, you are going to live a long, long, long time. And as you go into retirement, thinking that I'm saving for 20 years, 30 years, and instead you now are sitting there having the, the, the glorious burden of living another 40, 50 years instead. How do you plan for that? Right, John? You just think about this, Greg. Yours and my grandparents, when they turned 65, they kind of walked into the break room. They had a giant cake for their retirement party, got a gold watch and went home. And my grandparents, at least, just sat there and did crossword puzzles. Right. Until and, and watch the evening news. My parents are in their early 70s. They're going to go spend six weeks in Greece this summer. And we're even seeing it in our parents' generation. They're not just living longer, they're more active and they're enjoying their life longer. So you can't just sit at home and get social security anymore it's likely that you know those dreams of traveling the world they're there (laughs) and and you you are going to want to do that don't think that at 75 you're going to pack it up and just maybe see the grandkids every christmas and one of one of the things that uh, is impressed upon you in reading this book and there are other things and by the way if you're not a reader but you want to get more information on this I would recommend highly uh, that you subscribe to the podcast Exponential Wisdom. Uh, that is a podcast with uh, Mr. Diamandis, and they talk about these things in nice nuggets throughout the time. So, again, if you're not a reader, uh, I would recommend that podcast uh, highly. Because one of the things that you need to understand is the changes that are making, they are all ones that will also maintain a good quality of life, active, healthy, and able to enjoy life. So part of the the problem is we need to be able to now work for many of our clients, work 35, 40 years 
And now we got 40 years of retirement that we need to plan for uh, and all the risks that come along with that. But also like your grandparents uh, or your parents, I'm sorry, uh, out there in Greece, right? Or is it grandparents? Which was, was it grandparents? It was my parents. Parents, yeah, yeah. Your kids' grandparents out there in Greece for six weeks. And so having the money to do that. And it's also, and I was talking to uh, young clients just the other night, we were talking about them, they're in their 30s, and what's ahead of them. And when you start thinking about life in a 120, 130 year experience, it, it changes your priorities with regard to, do I really want to be throwing all my money in my 401k at the age of 25? Sure, we need to plan for this. But the human experience is going to be so much different in five, 10 years, 20 years, because we're going to, all these people that have retired early because of COVID people are going to be coming back to work because they're going to be healthy. They're going to be looking for contribution uh, and participate. Uh, and some of the, the societal changes that, that are going to come from this evolution of medicine are mind boggling. Yeah. And maybe, maybe the fear that all the baby boomers are going to, pull all their money out of the stock market could be a little unfounded. They're not. They are continuing to stay invested. They've got, like I said, or like you mentioned, don't put it all in your 401k, right? Don't put all your eggs in one basket. There are other investments that they're pulling from. And uh, I don't think we're going to see this huge drawdown in the market like like some people have suggested. They're, they're looking at this and taking it seriously and said, hey, if we're not going to spend it. We're going to send it to our kids or, you know, we want to let it keep growing. So, you know, it's a different world for sure. So as we bring this in for a landing uh, here, Eric, uh, our wonderful fly on the wall, uh, any thoughts or observations that, uh, that you'd like to uh, throw out there from what John and I were been talking about? I think that, you know, getting old is a good thing, right? Getting old and healthy while you're old, that's a great thing. Um, I'm a little scared though, because <laughs> that's a whole lot more years and that's a lot more money, right? And uh, maybe I need to take a look at what I'm doing for my plan. Um, yeah, but, it, and, and John, I wanna thank you because you actually brought something rushing back to my memory. I don't know if we talked about it before, but Medicine Man, the movie, you remember that movie? Yes. Sean Connery. It was the ant, right? It was the ant in the sugar that was the cure for cancer and they burned the whole place down because, you know, somebody was bulldozing the rainforest. So that's a lesson for you. You're, you're an 80s kid. Yes. <laughs> Does it show? <laughs> no, guys, I think this was great, great information. Um, I'm really intrigued and thank you for recommending that podcast as well because I love to, well, I love podcasting. So um, I love to listen to stuff and, and, and it sounds like it's going to be very informational, but this is where the reflection comes in, right? If, if somebody's thinking, well, geez, I, I had planned to live to 85 like my grandfather did, uh, but now I may need to add on another 20 years, that changes things. So why don't you give them your information so they can reach out and possibly make changes if necessary, or at least get a, a, another perspective on their, their situation. So the and best Eric, way, yeah, go ahead. John. I was just going to add one, one quick thing. You know, a lot of people, they say, okay, I'll tack on 10 more years. You got to be careful with the assumptions that you make. If you're at home trying to do it yourself and, and putting numbers in a spreadsheet, you really need to be careful with that. It, when you go through, when, when you're in the accumulation phase, when you're in the savings phase, 
that seems pretty easy, right? You can make some assumptions. If you mm -hmm. mess up, no big deal. But when you go into that distribution phase, those spreadsheets, we, we got a couple of things to talk about because those don't work the way you think they do. During the distribution phase, it's way different. So if you're, if you're at home trying to do some calculations and tacking on 10 years or 15 years, just in case, be very, very careful. Well, you know, something that I was just thinking about as you were saying that, uh, let me ask you this. What do you think companies need to be doing to adjust to this? Because if you're, if you're saying that somebody is going to possibly be living another 15 years, there's a lot of people that aren't prepared for that financially. And so they may say, well, I'm not going to be able to retire till I'm 70 or 75. And that's my, that's my day. Or that's, that's what my range is or, and people that are just enjoying their jobs. But I think a lot of corporations still kind of expect people to be done around 65. What are your thoughts on that? Well, so I, go ahead, Greg. So, um, we're going to have a societal evolution. Mm -hmm. uh, we have a confluence of social, economic, demographic factors that are going to force uh, the, the rethinking of work. I mean, we just yeah. look right now, post-COVID, how many people stopped working? How many people are now working at home? Mm -hmm. And when you think move ahead down the road uh, with less people entering the workforce, which was, is a drag on growth right now. Can't find good help these days, right? To, yeah. to, to quote my old man. Uh, but when I, that's only because I wouldn't take the trash out, but that's another story. <laughs> so, but um, to be able to have good help, uh, good work, qualified, I mean, the experience of the older worker, the, the knowledge worker, to be more precise, is invaluable. And companies are more and more recognize that. And John and I daily talk to people that uh, want to retire, but their companies keep figuring out ways to keep them on board um, one way or the other through uh, independent contractor arrangements or other flexible uh, employment arrangements. And that's all a good thing, mm -hmm. you know, that people can now maybe not work 60 hours a week uh, and get burned to the crisp, but rather <clears throat> work 20 hours a week for six months out of the year, still contribute, enjoy what they're doing yeah, and prolong their savings. So all, all of these things are going to start being fundamentally reshaped by this upcoming revolution in medicine. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And, and again, going back to the point of needing to plan, uh, if somebody is saying, you know what, this is, this is something now I need to plan for and I need somebody to take a look, Greg, you've been very gracious with your time with folks that have called in from this podcast. Can you give people your contact information again? So the, the new listeners can take advantage of that. Simply reach out uh, by email to Greg at dupontwealth.com uh, or call us at 614-408-0004. And I or my team or John, other members of our team, uh, we're glad to, uh, to address your concerns. Fantastic. Well, gentlemen, thank you so much for your time today. Always appreciate the education. And it's just fun. My favorite thing to talk about. <laughs> All right. And of course, our last thank you goes to you listening audience. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to Your Financial Advocate with Greg DuPont. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the subscribe now button below. This way, when Greg comes out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. This makes it really easy to share these podcasts with your friends and family. Again, thank you so much for listening today. 
For everyone at DuPont Wealth Solutions, this is Eric Johnson reminding you to live your best day every day. And we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to Your Financial Advocate. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of DuPont Wealth Solutions. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning.